This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. What's up, everyone? This is Top Rope Nation, presented by TopRopePress.com. I'm your host, Ryan Drosty, Editor-in-Chief of Top Rope Press, joined here by the man with the master plan himself, Kyle Ross, straight out of Cleveland, Ohio. Kyle, we are just finishing uh, WWE Roadblock, end of the line, and uh, opening thoughts from you. What what did you think of the show tonight? Kevin Dunn definitely watched the 2016 World Series on Fox. <laughs> we were talking about a lot a lot of crowd shots a lot of crowd react they kind of went overboard you think of the guy they showed um at wrestlemania 30 when the undertaker's streak was broken and they they thought of that and they just like od'd on that and it was like how many crazy crowd reaction shots can we get tonight i just think that production on tv is such a copycat business and it's so, like baseball. It was ridiculous during the playoffs. I mean, obviously you watch the playoffs a good deal. I watch the playoffs a good deal. And like, they just always love to catch those like wild fan reactions. And that's the only explanation I can have for it because it seems like they only started doing it since then. And yeah, uh, yeah tonight was, they definitely took it to a whole new level. But um, to answer your question, seriously, I think Pittsburgh should never get a major show again. Um, despite the fact that I felt that I've seen all this before, I think some of the stuff was pretty good for the titles changed hands. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hate anything on the show. Uh, and I guess, uh, we wait and see where they go for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. We might've got a few hints and tonight not for that matter. Yeah. I think, uh, so we're starting off, we're talking about the crowd here. Yeah, Pittsburgh crowd. I'm thinking about, uh, do you remember 1997 WWF, Bret Hart, USA, Canada, and he's in Pittsburgh, and Bret says, if you were going to give the United States an enema, you'd stick the hose right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I th- yes, I know exactly <laughs> where you're going with that, yeah. <laughs> I thought the crowd was pretty awful, too. I mean... Yeah, I, I- Aside from Mick Foley being thrown off Hell in a Cell, I mean, this this market has not reacted to anything in 20 years. Yeah, not the the cruiserweight division has really been booked well on the main roster, but my oh, God, man. Kyle. My God, could we at least give these guys a chance? It was it was brutal when those guys went out there. I thought that was like the low point of the crowd tonight was the cruiserweight match. It was just unbelievably quiet throughout. Yes. Yes. I, I feel that there's only two kinds of WWE crowds these days. Because I thought the crowd, I, you know, when I recapped SmackDown for Tuesday, I thought the crowd was pretty dead that night, too. Um, you have the smart mark crowds that sometimes go into business for themselves and can either really enhance or take away from a show. Or you have just completely dead crowds. Yeah. There's nothing in between. And I don't know if it's a problem, but it's... Definitely something worth mentioning, I would say. I had a good friend of mine that I used to write with over at WrestleView. He was, uh, he was tweeting me back and forth, and he said he wasn't sure that a good wrestling crowd exists these days, that a lot of the crowds are pretty bad. And I thought that was a good point. A lot of the crowds, I don't know what, if it's the effect of the internet or what it is, but it is tough to get a good wrestling crowd these days. Um, you have like, kind of like your core markets where you, you get a strong reaction, like the Allstate Arena in Chicago is always a really good crowd. Mm-hmm. 
New York, obviously, sometimes Philadelphia, although the last time they're in Philly was kind of so so, but usually Philly's a solid crowd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everywhere in between, you never really know what you're gonna get. It, it is kind of hard to get a solid crowd these days. So yeah. And you, you never know what they're gonna do, um, reaction wise. Although yeah. I felt there was nothing out of the ordinary tonight. They booed Roman Reigns. They really they definitely woke up to do that. Um <laughs> They were split on Rollins and Jericho. Yeah. So if we've learned anything in the last five seconds, it's that this company really doesn't know how to book a top baby face. And per our last show, I defy you to tell me after watching tonight's broadcast that Bill Goldberg is, is not the number one baby face on this brand. <laughs> on the raw brand? Yeah, they are lacking. That's for sure. I still I mean, don't think Bill Goldberg should headline WrestleMania for the title, though, Kyle. And to be honest with you, when I looked at the top baby faces on SmackDown, I, I even made the comment in my review. I'm like, this company just does not know how to book top baby faces on a week to week basis on television. I think it's I the mean, stubbornness of the company that when they have a hot reaction that goes against what they want to have happen, they don't go with it. That's part of it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, between Rollins and Reigns on Raw and Ambrose and Ziggler on SmackDown, I was just like, who cheers for these people? Yeah. You know, who wants the, you know, I mean, Owens, and we'll get to Kevin Owens in a bit. I think his title run is falling a little flat because there's no baby face that people really want to see beat him. No. And that's a problem mm -hmm. if, when you have a heel champion. Yeah. Well, if we're talking like top baby faces in the company, um, and we, we talk Raw and SmackDown, so obviously Bill Goldberg, who you've been talking about on the podcast recently, as being like the most over baby face. Um, not a full-timer, but as much as we uh, you know, give crap to John Cena, is yep. John Cena next on the line? Yep. I mean, I, I would have to say so. Yeah, I, I think I, again, I wrote that in the review. I said, I can't wait till John Cena comes back in two weeks. Less than now. Yeah. So we're going to look at the the uh, card tonight, talk about everything that went down. Uh, I do got to give our weekly plug. So if you are a regular listener of Top Rope Nation, thanks for coming back. If you're a new listener, we hope you join us in the future. You can find all of our shows at topropepress.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, um, and we, we are a weekly show, the webcast, like you're seeing right now, typically, um, uh, we only do for the pay-per-view shows. It's usually an audio only podcast. However, um, we are going to start streaming, um, every weekly show for our Patreon supporters. So if you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash top rope nation. You can become a official supporter of the show for as little as $1 a month and uh, help us out with our live streams and improving the quality there. But Kyle, I think Google's been pretty good here on YouTube. We've been doing pretty good the last three pay-per-views. So uh, I don't I know about you, but I was looking forward to this this weekend. Yeah, I, I need to hit the booth, though, as I look at myself here in the bottom corner. I'm too pale. I need to go back to that. I got all they scared me out of it, man. All those all those stories about how, how bad it is for you. But man, it ain't. It ain't good for me. Look at how pale I am right now on the computer screen. Oh, come on, Kyle. Once you hit 30, nobody cares about how tan you are anymore. I'm a You're shallow fine. individual. I'm a shallow <laughs> individual. You wouldn't believe how much I tanned before my wedding. I'm a shameless individual. I spray tan before my wedding, because I, well, I just did. do not tan. I, I've gone to tanning booths. Doesn't make a difference. I just get more freckles. Okay. So I've I've done the spray tanning route, I, but I you know kind of turn orange a little bit. But I I'm to the point now in my life where I don't really care. So if I look like Seamus, hey, what the hell, right? I don't know if you could be that pale ever. Hold on, let me. That was very unprofessional here. Let me turn my <laughs> phone down. I think yeah, I think you would actually have to try to look like that. So uh, yeah, I think he so does something special. Yeah. <laughs> but um, enough. Speaking of Seamus, first match tonight. Excellent. Well, you know, I didn't get a look. Should we let's talk about the pre-show for I didn't get a chance to watch the pre-show match. Cass and Rusev, did you? I'm I saw bits things. and pieces. Um, Rusev won by count out. Um, something happened with Cass on the outside and Enzo was at ringside. Not gonna lie, I I didn't really waste my time watching the pre-show. Oh, okay. All right, I apologize. <laughs> I saw the highlights, but okay. Uh, I, I had read varying reviews on it 
when I caught up. Yeah, it's something I'm Meltzer have to go back slammed and it. Some other people were a little more complimentary. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to preview the show during the week. I would have said beforehand, and I, I'll reiterate it, a point that I didn't make, but I'll just pretend that I did and reiterate it now. Um, I don't like the rush to have Cass stand out as a single star at all. No, they're definitely pushing that too quickly. Because it'd be one thing if like end zone cast weren't over as an act, but they are. And they're relatively new. They haven't even been on the main roster for a year. You right. know, they haven't really been pushed as serious tag title contenders. I just think you can get a lot of mileage out of that act. And you know, Enzo's not a great worker in the ring. We know that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really think it, you know, they beat him too much. And I didn't think it did a lot for his character to have him kind of get his ass kicked and have his partner step in and take the match. You know, just observing him. If you're just a fan and you're just kind of like looking at this guy as a baby face, you're just kind of like, what a pussy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, also, like as much energy as they put into this match and it's on the pre-show, I mean, how many advertised matches were there on the show? Eight? Seven, including that. Yeah, seven, including that. So... How I know what I would have put, put this in the show if I would have put something on the pre-show. Um, probably. Well, my crowd reaction would be the cruiserweight match because yep. they did not care at all in that match. Yep. I'd yep. say Sammy and Braun Strowman would be the only other one you could consider, but by crowd reaction, definitely the yeah, cruiserweight. Yeah, but that had a storyline to it at least, and and I guess they did do something storyline wise with the cruiserweights, which we'll get to. But yeah, um, you know, getting the show off proper, like we alluded to, Monaco's Cesaro and Sheamus, and they win the tag team titles. Right. Over New Day. What do you think about New Day breaking the record last Monday? They established they you know they established them pretty strong. They built the show around them, to be honest. And then just having them lose right after. We kind of thought that they would do this. But yeah. Have your thoughts. Well, I think we've talked about this for months actually on the uh, podcast. I mean, well, two, three months ago we were talking about how we wanted to see a, a shift in the tag team division sorely needed to kind of like freshen it up and we thought anderson gallows were going to win the belts for a few weeks uh but then when it became clear that they were going to push new day to beat demolition's record it's like it's the axe gotten stale so like the minute they broke the record i think it was pretty clear they were going to shift and uh so it was a predictable finish tonight i think uh i mean they didn't want demolition who what they're suing him in the concussion lawsuit right now. They didn't want these guys to uh to hold the record. That's that's something WWE does, right? Well, I don't know. It's just because it's like old too. I think they were just kind of like, you know, there's so much, you know, they don't reference things that happened. What was it now? 1989 was what? Yeah. 20, 27 years ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, 27 <laughs> years ago. I actually make remember. You feel old. Yeah, I remember them winning and losing the titles. Um. You know, I think they just kind of wanted to bury that in history, but um, it was definitely time to do the title switch um, because from Sheamus and Cesaro's perspective, Mm -hmm. if you didn't have them win here, you kind of ran the risk of them getting stale then already. And and I think I referenced on the show, we had talked about this previously, they justify this whole thing with them teaming up, and it was real sloppy how they formed as a team with the whole best of seven being a tie. No one liked it. It was kind of mocked universally. But to justify this, them being a team, they had to win the titles. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So, um, and I got to be honest with you, as sloppy as the formation of of the team was in storyline, I really like them as a team a lot. I thought Cesaro obviously was outstanding in this match and was the total star. Yeah. Um, and, And he's been, you know, just looking great recently on a very consistent basis. And, you know, I think Seamus doesn't really get his due all the time. I mean, he's, you know, obviously the inferior worker of the team, but it doesn't mean he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I had no problem with the finish, even though it was Which predictable. Was it was an excellent match. Awesome match. Um, this is in the running with one other match, in my opinion, for best match of the show. And, uh yeah, great way to open the card. I like the dynamic of Cesaro and Sheamus too, with the kind of like tentative 
relationship they have as tag team partners. You had uh, after the match, Cesaro celebrating the crowd while Sheamus had both belts. So, yeah, this is building up towards something down the line that should be interesting. So, I yeah, I love the opening of the show. That was a hot way to open the show. And the finish itself was really good, I thought, with the... I've never seen that before, ever. And if people hadn't seen it, you know, missed the show for some reason, just getting the results from us here, they did a bit, they did a ton of near falls, and then Cesaro went to make the tag, but he intentionally missed, and Cesaro came in the ring, so they're just faking out New Day on who's the legal man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and um, Sheamus was able to get the pin. Yeah. Yeah. People were raving about it online. Everything I saw, yeah. whether it was in our Facebook discussion group or uh, on Twitter, it was, it was, everyone was wild about the finish. So it was, yeah. that was a good way to start the show. What, what do you do with New Day now? Do you break them up? Mm, I don't think you break them up because I kind of want to see them in the chasing role. I mean, they've had the belts for so long that I think this freshens them up a little bit. Uh, I think. I think Big E is a guy who's going to be a main event player down the line for sure. But I think I want to see him chase for a little bit first. I, I, if they broke him up right now, I would be a little bit disappointed. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't think they'll break up up tomorrow night, but I don't think they should win the titles back. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Are Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston doomed when the team does get broken up? (laughs) <laughs> I think Xavier has a better shot. I think they're both great. I think they're both talented, both charismatic as hell. Yeah. Um, I think the reason I say that is that Kofi's been around for a long time and yep. Xavier has a chance to kind of like be fresh when he goes on his own. And God, he's a super smart guy. I think, I think Xavier could be a big star too, but he could do something totally different. I mean, he may have to reinvent himself, but like you said, he's good enough on the mic and he's a sharp guy. You can do it. Kofi, you're right. I, I think he's the one who suffers the most. Not because he's a poor performer. I mean, he's he's a solid guy in the ring. Um, but I mean, he does kind of actually a lot of the work of the team. Yeah. But it's just we've kind of seen Kofi Kingston as the singles before. And I don't know. It's not something that I'm dying to see again. Yeah, if I had to pecking order the new day, it's, it's hard it's purgatory. He could. He could. It's I think for me it's Biggie's is the guy who could be like a main event guy down the line. I think Xavier is he's like an IC title type person who possibly could reach the main event too. I won't undersell him. I'm and, shocked by that. But I mean it, it's possible. I, I wouldn't count on it happening, but he's a smart dude. And then Kofi, yeah, he was always Throughout the mid-2000s, Kofi was always one of those guys you looked at as like, this dude is super underrated, awesome worker, crowd loved him, but he has been around for a long time, so yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Uh, what did you think about so our second match, Braun Strowman and Sami Zayn? So this was the match where Sami had to last 10 minutes. Yes. And uh, Mick Foley got involved in our finish where he came out and he teased he was going to throw in the towel for Sammy. It was kind of a it's a really slow match. I think my comment at the beginning was like, if Strowman has to beat him in 10 minutes, shouldn't he be like a little more aggressive? He's kind of just walking around kind of lackadaisical. I know that's his character, uh, mm-hmm. but he was he was destroying Sammy for the first several minutes of the match. What, what did you think overall on the match? I thought we'd get more here. Um, obviously you kind of knew they Sammy would last the 10 minutes yeah I mean, really bury him if he didn't um, and you know it's kind of weird this this gimmick um, is kind of an interesting one in the sense that um, one thing I don't like about it is it sort of undermines the baby face it, it basically says oh well the baby face can't win he just can only last 10 minutes that kind of makes Sammy Zayn look you know, kind of crappy in some regard. Um, but where I thought we'd get more is I thought for sure we'd get some sort of injury angle after this. Um, what I would have done is have Sammy last the 10 minutes, but then have like Strowman be like real pissed off about it, like destroy him. Zane can take time off TV um, and then come back at the Rumble. 
mm-hmm. to a, maybe a big pop, like as a like as you know, like Strowman's obviously a guy who you figure is going to dominate a portion of the Rumble. I can see that happening. Typical big guy. They they usually do that first spot, and then Sammy makes his big return. Um, but then Foley comes out, and it had been reported all week that he was taking time off. Apparently, that's not true anymore. Um, they've asked him to stay on and he's going to, I thought for sure until I'd heard that he's now going to stay on. I thought for sure they're going to do an injury angle with Foley that Strowman was going to destroy Foley. And that was going to be his excuse to get written off TV. Yeah. I thought the same thing, but, um, I don't know this. It was okay. I actually don't hate this feud at all. Um, I know some people wish Sami Zayn was doing something else, but, um, it's a coherent week to week storyline for him. Um, and I don't mind Braun Strowman. Obviously, there is a ceiling on this thing. He, it's like he, he's obviously he's not as kind of he's not as talented a worker as Rusev. So once he kind of takes that pinfall loss, he may not be able to recover from it. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Rusev got beat by John Cena the first time, he was he was kind of fine. I mean, it kind of hurt him a little bit, but um, he was ultimately fine. Um, I, I just thought there was going to be more to this match. It was just Sammy lasted the 10 minutes and Strowman was like, oh, that was kind of confused about it or something. And that was it. Yeah, so, I agree with I'm you. I'm not sure I, where we go from here now. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't hate the feud and I think they've done a good job in building up Strowman. I think there's a role for a guy like Braun Strowman in pro wrestling and they've done about as good of a job as they can in building this guy up into being like this kind of monster heel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you, Kyle, that I thought the match was lacking. Like when, when we got to the 10 minute mark and Sammy had lasted the whole time and then like the match was over, that was kind of disappointing. I yeah, felt like, like there's just, there's no, I don't know. Like it was like, okay, he lasted. What are we like as an audience member? What are we to think now? Is like, is Sammy Zane awesome for doing that? <laughs> right. Yeah, where's the, like, that's something that kills the crowd. The crowd wants to see a finish and that's not really a finish. Like he lasted 10 minutes, but it wasn't really advertised ahead of time that he lasted 10 minutes and that's going to be the end of the match. Oh, like, I, I anticipated that. I, I just thought that there would be, you know, in thinking that, okay, well, if he just lasts the 10 minutes and it's over, well, that's kind of lame. You know, I, that's where I thought that they would do some sort of injury angles. Strowman would assault Foley. He would assault Zane, you know, so. Yeah. Um, I was impressed. Had they ever done this before? With the exception of the very forgotten Ted DiBiase, Dustin Rhodes match on Superstars in 1990. <laughs> Here's our first nostalgia reference of the night. Yes. Oh Weird, like, do you remember, like, I mean, D- Dustin Rhodes' very forgotten WWE uh, <laughs> F run there in late 1990. I can't think of a match that was like last this long and then it's just over. I, 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 I want to say that they did something like with one, two, three kid against DiBiase again when like they first had when like right after kid beat Ramon, didn't they maybe do something where like DiBiase was like, I'll show you how it's done or something. And then like kids stole his money. Does this sound familiar at all? Yeah, in like '93 yeah. on Raw, like Anything a very. The, Raw. If you're in our chat room right now and you know what we're talking about, go ahead and throw out it. I'll I'll load I, our chat room because actually bad co bad host here. I actually do not have our uh our chat room loaded um oh. just on our broadcasting page right now. But uh, yeah, if you know what Kyle's talking about here, go ahead and let us know in the chat room. But uh, I, I know sure. for a fact they did the gimmick with. Teddy Biasi and Dustin Rhodes and Dusty was watching at ringside. Um, but yeah, and, and, and it's been done, you know, many times in, in various promotions, but it was, that was a weird one to stick in my mind. Yeah. Kind of, I, I couldn't think of any too many examples. You want a nostalgia reference. Here's what went through my mind watching this match. Braun Strowman wrestles in the exact same outfit that Sergeant Slaughter wrestled in in 1991. Exact same. Like, I don't know exact. It's <laughs> He's got the, the black like tank top on with the kind of camo pants. It's like the same outfit, man. Go back and watch it. Okay, I'll have to check that out. By the way, I wanted to make a comment too. So like anyone who's like, oh, Strowman, you know, I can't, you know, whatever. He's not a good wrestler or whatever. Man, if there is one thing that you should not complain about with modern WWE, it's the number of good workers on in the company. It's at its all-time high. 
Oh, so yeah. there's absolutely a place for Braun Strowman. Like, I think it really helps him that he's so much different than everyone else on the yeah. show. Because I, I want to make this, I want to double back to this point when we get to the cruiserweights, because it's something that actually really hurts them, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, overall, I thought it was a disappointing finish, but, yeah, the match was about what I expected, and... uh yeah, I'm not. Where I'm not disappointed in the feud. What's that? Where do they? Where do they go from here? Like, like your book in this feud. What, what do they do tomorrow night? I think or, you gotta. I think you gotta for sure do a rematch with Sammy and Braun, yeah. and uh, it's probably gonna be some kind of gimmick match at the Rumble. I, I doubt they go from this to like a straight singles I match. I don't know if they're gonna have time for them at the Rumble though, given that y'all have two title matches and the Rumble. I mean, they're not going to do a singles match. That's moment. true. Yeah, they could blow it off before then. Well, or keep it. I, I just feel that with the whole thing, like the whole Foley part of the angle, like I think it would be cool to see Zayn get hurt and have that be on Foley's conscience. Conscience. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I, I do like the I do like the interaction between Zayn and Foley. I thought that good. their promo on Raw last week was one of the best parts of the show. Personally, I like Raw. So yeah, it was, it was it was pretty good. It was good. Yeah, when Foley came out and he the he Eva was Marie like thing. teasing him that yeah he was trading him for Eva Marie and wow that kind of downgrades Eva Marie doesn't it? Yes, yeah, I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah, <laughs> I was excited. I was like, oh my god, Eva Marie's back! Hell yeah, God! If you go, if you go listen to our podcast from like what August, we're maybe talking, like the first one we did. Yeah, early August, mid August, you'll hear me and Kyle talking about how the whole Eva Marie storyline was one of the best things on SmackDown, and then she went and got suspended, and now just does movies. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the third match. Chris Jericho, Seth Rollins. Um, I don't know. I thought I thought this was a solid match. I just didn't think it was anything special. I didn't think it was a bad match. I didn't think it was a great match. It wasn't something I would go back and watch again. It was like it was like a textbook match, pretty good with a few good spots thrown in, but nothing like over the top. I thought it was kind of subpar. Like it's one of those things again because like everyone is just used to you know, I think praising certain workers, they're like, oh, well, you know, this can't fall below a certain level. I thought this was not particularly good. They didn't really have the crowd. Um, Nor did them. anyone throughout the show. <laughs> no, but but I, I thought the crowd really, you know, was pretty non-existent during this. There was some, you know, let's go Rollins, let's go Jericho um, stuff going on, but other than that, uh, not really. Um, you know, Jericho lost clean, which he should have. I mean, Rollins, he really hadn't gotten a big clean win since turning babyface, so he needed to win here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should point out that all the odds, by the way, uh, were spot on uh, for this show once again. Um, so no real surprises, but, uh, you know, oh, they did further the, the... Did the odds have Reigns winning? I don't think so. I thought I thought it was Kevin Owens. Maybe I'm mistaken. Yeah. Okay. I, I could be mistaken. I thought it was Kevin Owens. Um, but you know, they they tease the Jericho Owens tension here. Um, there just wasn't much to this match. You know, aren't aren't they working some street fights on the loop? Yeah. House shows. Yeah. This could have been like a they could have done a street fight here, I think. Yeah, it was a run of the mill normal match. match. It was there. If if Seth Rollins could have wrestled like 1999 uh, Chris Jericho or 1994 Chris Jericho, this could have been like an off off the charts match. But it was just like it was there. It was good. It was decent. It wasn't overly great. I think uh, one of the things I thought about going into this match was that Seth Rollins is such a, a fast worker. And one of the things I noticed earlier this year when Jericho was working styles was that he had a hard time keeping up in the ring. Um, at his yeah. at the present stage of his career, so I was wondering, Seth's gonna have to slow down his style a little bit, and I wasn't sure how that would shake out. And it was good, but it wasn't your typical great Seth Rollins match. So, no, it, it, you know, it's interesting with Jericho because I think he does a great job with his character, and he's definitely over. 
I think he's actually technically more over as a baby face than either Reigns or Rollins, mm-hmm. to be blunt with you. Um, but yeah, his ring work has kind of, you know, the Jericho that we remember. And, and, and you know, truth be told, he was never at the level of Guerrero or um, Benoit. Uh, but it's definitely declined, his ring work uh, during this run. It's nowhere near where it was even like in 08 when he had that great run uh, against Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it was. I, I think he could have a good match in him, but it's got to be a storyline match. It can't be the kind of match that I think Seth Rollins wants to have. And, you know, we've heard that criticism before that Rollins is kind of stubborn. He kind of wants to work a certain style of match. And he maybe isn't willing to adapt. Yeah, it's been a knock on him. Um, I don't know. Perhaps he needs to um, listen to criticism sometime. Well, it was. I guess I graded this one three and a quarter stars on my. Ooh, no, that was a lot higher than me. To me, this was. I would go like two and a quarter. I would say. I had the opening tag title match at four, Braun and Sammy at one and a half, and this one at three and a quarter. So. That's about where I put like a, a average to slightly above average match. Okay, yeah. See, I, I thought this was slightly below average, but yeah, I thought there was a pretty sizable gap between this and the opener. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, they just kind of tease some additional heat between uh, Jericho and Owens, which will come back later on. Um, the finish was uh, Jericho went for the code breaker, turned it into the Rollins, turned that into the pedigree, and got the pinfall. Clean pinfall win with the pedigree. Yes. Yes. No appearance by Triple H. That was something people were kind of speculating before the uh, match I saw on social media. Was Triple H going to make an appearance? Because everyone kind of figures we're headed to that Rollins Triple H match at WrestleMania. So, you know, I I know that this was called end of the lot, you know, roadblock end of the line, and they blew off some feuds. They're not going to quote unquote waste a Triple H appearance on this show. No, no. So you would think that'll be on Raw. Yeah, maybe like the Raw after the Royal Rumble or the Royal Rumble itself. Yes, I can see that being happening. Yes. So this led into the match we've been talking about, the Cruiserweight match, which was very disappointing from a crowd reaction standpoint. So they went through all the trouble, Kyle, of changing those ropes over to the... Um, I don't know why they do that. <laughs> the waste of time. It's so dumb. God, like, is someone who's like worked, you know, for, you know, the last uh, 20 years in some capacity, you know, you always come across like some remedial task you don't want to do, right? And like, you always bitch about it with your coworkers. Yeah. Like, the people in charge of that have to be cursing the cruiserweights under their breath. <laughs> we have like, to come out here and switch ring ropes twice. Yeah. Like, it doesn't add to anything. It's it's really stupid, to be honest with you. Yeah. And the but crowd does not care, as we, as we no. saw. And it's not really completely the Cruiserweight's fault. They just, like we've talked about on the podcast in recent weeks, they did nothing to make you care about these guys when they debuted. They, it's like they assume that everyone watches the WWE Network. But when you do the math, like, what, a million and a half people have the network worldwide? And you've got what a little over 3 million people watching Raw, right around 3 million people watching Raw every week just in the United States. So not even close to half of those people watching Raw have the network. So they're not going to be familiar with like the guys from the Cruiserweight Classic. So you got to introduce these guys. And for a company that does such an awesome job at making video packages, like if you saw the video package introducing the pay-per-view tonight, it was awesome. I, as a history guy, I love the Fort Pitt reference, by the way. <laughs> these, these guys do an awesome job with their video packages, and they did practically nothing to make you care about the cruiserweights. They just kind of debuted them, and they're just there. The crowd doesn't care. It was, oh, another problem here, Kyle, is that the way they work the matches, it's nothing like the cruiserweight classic. Right, like the minute they brought them up to the main roster, it was like WWE style all the way, kind of like dumbed down, slowed them down. You can yep. tell that they're told to work a slower style on the main roster. Okay, um, it's it's really weird with the video packages. I'm glad you brought that up because it almost seems like they're afraid 
to do a lot of video packages on Raw. Like, I think there's this organizational fear that people are going to change the channel during that. I don't believe that, but they seem to have that mentality. I don't know. They've got the raw data in front of them. And they have this belief that people turn the channel when they do video packages. Yeah, that seems to be nonsense to me, considering they'll show the same replay two and three times on Raw. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I don't know. To me, um, wrestling's always been a hype game. And I want to be hyped to watch something. Yeah. Um, And, you know, in some regards, that's lacking. But um, I'm going to be the the Grinch here who stole the Cruiserweight Christmas. (laughs) Um, I think the Cruiserweight division has been absolutely 172% atrocious since uh, debuting on Raw. Awful. Like, I to the point that I don't care and... If it went away from Raw tomorrow and was relegated to 205 Live, I wouldn't even bitch or moan about it. I just, um, there's a lot of problems. You brought up some problems. I think TJ Perkins was the wrong guy to be the first champion. I mean, you want to talk about here a pin drop. (laughs) When that video game entrance kicks on, man, you can hear a pin drop every time. It's like, I feel bad for the guy coming out. Yeah. And then he like dabs, which is like really awful. That is the stupidest. Oh my God. Get rid of it immediately. I you know. It's man. like, I just. Get you off know, my and it's lawn. It's funny. People are like, oh, well, you're just, you know, it's easy to say that now. I'll bring something up. And I, we weren't doing the podcast back at this point, but if we were, I would have said this. Do you remember like TJ Perkins beat Rich Swan? I think it was the quarterfinals. He beat him in on the Cruiserweight Classic. I'm yeah. almost positive. It was and people didn't like that decision live in the building. When they had that, there was kind of that was like one of the first sort of like pseudo booing we got from Full Sail during that tournament. They're like, ooh, I kind of would have rather seen Rich Swan win here. Um, I just think TJ was the wrong guy to have win the tournament. I think Brian Kendrick was absolutely the wrong guy to be the first contender. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you have now switched a title that pe- that is still relatively brand new twice in a relatively short time. I have a feeling that it will be switched a third time to Neville, uh, who we'll talk about in a minute. So, and then as you pointed out, you know they're, they're they've kind of handcuffed the style. Yeah, um, you, you're you're looking at guys do moves that you see in all the other matches up and down the card. And the success of the cruiserweight division in W, it's never succeeded in WWF. But when it was at its apex in WCW in this country, and granted, that was a very bizarre roster because you had cruiserweights and then you had like all these old timers. So mm-hmm. the matches were totally different. You had like Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper on top and, and Ray Jr. and Dean Malenko opening things. It's just, The cruiserweights don't really serve, you know, kind of any purpose right now. They don't don't give me anything that I'm not already getting. Like, there's hot moves in every match, basically. Yeah. So unless if you're going to let these take the handcuffs off and let these guys do stuff that you don't see in the other matches, then I'm just going to be blunt with you. There's no point to having a cruiserweight division. I thought, like, the biggest way you could tell that they're handcuffing their style like here, here's the perfect example. So like at some point during the match tonight, I think it was Swan. He did like a splash where it was like off the apron onto him. Like he was just standing next to him and he splashed him rather than like coming off the top rope. And it's like all the high flying is gone from the division. It's like they're working on the mat most of the time. And this is, if you want the cruiserweight division to succeed, it has to be, actually different from what you see the rest of the show and they're doing that visually with the with With the the ring rope change that nobody cares about all it does is signal to people time to piss time to get that beer that's what it is yeah and by the way you know talk about you know the personnel you know who it should be the guy they should have had chase i don't know who they you know, they were put in a tough spot because a lot of the top international guys they brought in didn't sign full-time deals. So they had to pick somebody else. And I guess TJP um, served that. But 
the guy who should have been chasing this title, in my opinion, Cedric Alexander. Yeah. Not used enough at all. I'd rather see, I, I want to see him chasing the title, not, you know, fighting off Alicia Fox or whatever the hell they're doing with him. Yeah. Cedric that's, was, that's clearly... a storyline, by the way, that is not, um, going to win storyline of the year <laughs> cedric was clearly one of the big stars in the cruiserweight tournament if i yeah if i'm looking at that tournament and i'm making like the guys i would push tjp would be down the list a few spots uh like i we talked about in the podcast at the time kendrick wrong choice old name been around the company before he's a good hand to have in the ring to teach the guys and kind of like bridge the gap but yeah, Cedric Alexander is like him and Rich Swan are the stars to me. Uh, I like Jack, Jack Gallagher a lot. Um, maybe TJP after that, but those three I think are have the higher ceiling. Um, by the way, Gallagher, uh, I think needs to be a heel and just rip off Lord Steven Regal. <laughs> Why not? I, I, I don't want. I think they need to guard against him being what I'll refer to as a niche babyface. I think they need to be careful about that because I think that character would work really, really well as a heel. Basically just rip it, doing a cruiserweight version of Steve Regal. Yeah. Yeah, so, Gallery's awesome. Alexander's awesome. Swan is, I think Swan's the best, though. When I went to NXT show a couple weeks, or a couple weeks, a couple months ago, Swan was one of the most over people on the roster. He, he got a reaction on par with Nakamura at the show I was at. Okay, the guy so has up? everything. Like he's charismatic as hell. Really good mm-hmm. worker. He's everything they should want. He's got a good backstory. Um, yeah. So there's I wasn't enough, surprised yeah. he won. That was the that was a correct call. Yeah, but there's not enough depth to him yet. Like basically, all we've been told is, well, this is Rich Swan, and he just likes to have fun. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, what does that mean? So we should talk about the big story here because the match was just very nondescript. But Neville showed up at the end and attack and seemingly turned heel, attacking Swan and Perkins. Yeah. Crowd woke up for this. Oh, yeah. Getting thank you, Neville, which is like a horrible slap in the face to all these new guys. And <laughs> it brings up a point that, you know, rather than just ha- bringing up all these new guys at once and having them wrestle each other on Raw, I thought whoever the first champion was, whether it's Perkins or somebody else, should have beaten established WWE guys like a Neville, like a Sin Cara, like a Kalisto. That's the best way to establish the title because otherwise it's just the jobber weight title. It's like, oh, it's just these guys we've never heard of or wrestling for it. If you have the new champion come on, first match on Raw, beats a guy people have seen before, that's the way to do it, man. Instead, yeah. they're just going to have Neville probably beat Rich Swan eventually and it will make it seem like everyone you've been that they've just brought up is second rate. Well, that's like wrestling booking one oh one, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> that's how you, that's how you get new talent over is someone established has to elevate them. And uh Brian Kendrick is not the established talent to do that. No, because most people don't like okay, so I get that him and Paul London had that long title run. But like nobody cares about that. <laughs> like, if, if you were to list if you were to list like the 50, like they had like one of the longest runs ever, but if you're to, li- to list like the top 30 WWE tag team championship runs of all time, is that run even on the list? No, no, no. Like, no, it was smack. It was like during like a low point of SmackDown. Yeah. So when Neville is a heel, your, your thoughts on that. Well, it's kind of a fail as a heel term because the crowd cheered everything he did. Yeah. I, I, I liked Neville coming out with a new look and a new attitude, but um, they wanted him to be a heel, but the crowd cheered him even more, it seemed like. And like you said, that was kind of a uh, slap in the face of the whole cruiserweight division because it was like they were cheering him, slapping them down. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of almost like in the old days, like um, like if the jot, like, you know, again, not to make WCW references, but I just feel it's, you know, if you're going to, if you want this thing to be successful, you can't compare it to anything WWE's done before. Uh, WCW is the only one who's done this division right, uh, and it was only a brief time. It'd be like you know, almost like if the Giant came out and just choke slammed a bunch of cruiserweights and people went wild. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously Neville and the Giant, two very different characters, but still the same effect. Yeah. So I had this match. 
below Rollins Jericho. Personally, I didn't think it was as good. Um, the finish, I did like the finish with Neville, but uh, overall, not a great match. I was I was looking for more out of these three, but they were kind of handcuffed by the uh, the style. I think so. Um, that leads into our women's title match, the yes. Iron Man match. Which I why did they not rename this Iron Woman match? It's kind of awkward. Every time I talked about this, the Iron Man match with the two women, mm-hmm. uh, Sasha and Charlotte. They build this as like the last match for these two, which we all know it won't be. Um, but it this was a solid match, really was, good. Match. I think it was better better than solid. Yeah, it was really. I had this as four stars, right on par with the tag title match. Uh, I thought this was better. This was definitely matched on the night for me. Yeah, if I well, I had them, I had them in both at the same grade. If I had to pick, I I would go with this one though. This was really good. I don't think I don't know if it was the best match they've had. Yeah, there there was a few botched spots in it, but overall it was it was good. I still think the first one they did, the first change they did on Raw, the first night of the after the brand split, like the first week. I should say after the the draft. Yeah, I think that might have been the best one of the six title changes. Now they've done. Yeah. Um, but what do you think about the Iron Man match format here? It was interesting. There were no falls for what, like twenty minutes, and then yeah. they went kind of bang, bang, bang. Banks was up two one, and then they do. Um, as time was running out, Charlotte got sa- Sasha to tap to the figure four. Yeah. What do you was, think about the layout of the first 30 minutes? I thought it started slow. I thought the last half of the first 30 minutes was really good. Um, when you're talking about a 30 minute match, it's a little bit ridiculous to talk about how they trained so much to wrestle a 30 minute match. It's not really that long of a match in the first place. Because yeah, you figure if they didn't do this gimmick, they're probably going 20 anyway. Yeah. What do you think about a 30 minute Iron Man match? It's like, oh God, Sasha works so much on her conditioning for the 30 minute match. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll give them kudos for getting over the gimmick, but what do you think? Cause like that, that's my thing with like a 30 minute Iron Man match. It's like, they're going to go 20 anyway. Yeah. So it's not like, um, it's not that much more. I always would be like in favor in just as a way to get the gimmick over doing a quick fall Mm -hmm. and then being like, well, it's not over. It's not over. But, you know, because it it just kind of you're right. It kind of seemed like they were just working a normal match um, that was going a little bit longer. And then they kicked in to do the falls. Yeah. Well, I should point out, Kyle, I'm kind of an expert on Iron Man matches. Um, Oh, you are. I, yes, I, I wrestled a 30-minute Ironman match in my days as a backyard wrestler, so I could tell you a little bit about Good training grief. for conditioning for one of these matches. Good <laughs> no, I, yeah, I thought the last half was, was solid, and uh, I did think the finish before they went to overtime was like a little bit of a stretch. So like Sasha... What she was in the uh, she was in the submission hold for like the last minute of regulation, yeah, and then she tapped with like three seconds left, and it's like, oh my god, you've been in this hold for fifty seven seconds, and you can't hold on for three more seconds. I wouldn't have hit. The problem was, and you know, they had her tap twice. I don't know if I liked her tapping twice. Yeah, as a baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he just she, you know, she didn't tap twice in the first thirty minutes. She tapped, you know, here and then in overtime. Um, didn't they do in Iron Man once? It was Lesnar and Angle, right? Where Lesnar didn't tap, like Angle had him in the ankle. It was, it was basically like Lesnar, and that was weird because Lesnar was the heel. Yeah, Lesnar was the heel who held on to win that match. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, it was on SmackDown, I think. Yes, yes. Yeah. September 03. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they went to overtime. I was thinking they were going to do a draw. Did you think they were just going to go to a draw? No, because historical precedent. I, everything about it was like WrestleMania 12. The last, the end of the match where Sean was in the sharpshooter and mm-hmm. didn't tap and then they went to overtime. I thought you have to go to overtime. Although 
they probably feel their audience doesn't remember 20 years ago. So they, they could have called it a draw. But me as a longtime fan, I'm thinking, obviously, this is going to overtime. This is a company that you remember, I may remind you, that did a best of seven series that ended in a draw. That's true. So like I would when it didn't go on last, I was like, oh, man, I could see this being a draw. But uh, it was not. They did go to overtime. And Charlotte um, won the title back, uh, keeping her perfect pay-per-view record intact in singles matches, uh, getting Sasha to top, tap out to the figure eight. It was pretty dramatic. Blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was her nose or her mouth where that blood came from, but it was a good amount of blood. I was and trying to figure that out. I, th- I think it was her nose. I haven't checked in on any sources here after the show yet because we pretty much went right live with the podcast here. But it looked to me like it was coming from her nose. I think she might have had a broken it, nose. It added. It added to the drama. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was a hot finish. Tap outs for the baby face. <sighs> I would have liked to see. Maybe they do something where she passes out from the pain or something and gets pinned. I don't know. Yeah. I will say this. Charlotte is outstanding. Charlotte is very good. I'm very, very good. Really, really good. As a woman. <laughs> you know, she hasn't had. She's not always great on a match by match basis, but God, when she's on, she's I mean, she just really carries herself as a star. And I'm not surprised that she went over because they had teased that daily program and then kind of surprised us by going to this. So, um. I would imagine that it's Charlotte Bailey's your next title program, and then Sasha um, probably works with Nia Jax, I imagine. Yeah, so that was my only qualm with the match, is that I personally, like, if I'm booking, I'm going Sasha turning her heel gradually in the next couple of months, and Sasha Bailey at WrestleMania. Um, They could still do that. They still could, especially if if they push Charlotte Bailey pretty quickly. But I don't know. I feel like the women's bell has been hot shotted too much recently. A lot of title switches, and I'm not a big fan of that. Well, it, it's it's okay because it's been the same two people. Like it'd be one thing if it was like a ton of people, like because then it doesn't mean anything. But it's just like, eh, it's two people, two rivals trading it back and forth. And to me, though, that's even less reason to do it. <laughs> when it's when yeah, it's I don't know. I guess I mean the way they look at it, you know, they got a three hour TV show. They got you know, a brand pay-per-view every month. So yeah. it's just a way to, I guess, keep intrigue going. I, I think overall this feud was very good. Should this match have gone on last? Yeah, oh, 100%. I think they should have been This, the main this event. was to me the thing I was looking forward to most. And I got to, you know, I was running behind watching this. I started the show later uh, and did not, really didn't catch up in real time till, um, well, I never did, but, uh, you know, I think, I, I found I, I finished the show about five or ten minutes after it was actually over. Um, knowing that we we're going to do the podcast, though, I was like, God, I just kind of I don't even know if I want to like. I just kind of wanted to skip live when Owens and uh, Reigns were getting ready. Like I wasn't even interested. I was like, you know, I could probably skip the first half of this match and not even care. I didn't. I watched it all, but um, yeah, I I would have the women go on I, last. They might have trouble following this, and and they did. Oh yeah. Yeah, so regardless of whether we agree with the finish or not, the women's match was an awesome match. Um, yeah, highlight of the show for me, too. Um, and I thought the main event with Owens and Reigns, definitely a step down. Um, I didn't feel like I didn't feel like the crowd. Here we go again with the Pittsburgh crowd. I think the crowd didn't care as much as they did in the women's match either. So everything about the main event, I thought, was a step down. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they did kind of wake up to boo Reigns, but... It's not what the company wants, obviously. Um, again, I, I'll have to double check. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I read it wrong. I thought it said Owens was a big favorite to win here. And so um, I, I didn't. I don't know why Reigns is the U.S. champion. Because yeah, I thought at the time it was like something they were doing to legitimize it again, like kind of like Cena did last year. But mm-hmm. Reigns isn't the guy for that. Well. And he never defends it, really. And it, I thought, like, it was a thing where it's like, okay, like, you know, like Cena, it was going to keep him out of the world title picture. But, you know, here he is. He's the U.S. champion challenging for it. So it's a... Uh, God. 
as we move into WrestleMania season, I'll keep harping on this. I just, I'm so frustrated by the whole, are they or aren't they with Roman Reigns? Like, just either do one of two things. Admit that this is, it has not worked and turn the man heel. Yes. And play off that. Or just freaking go all the way with them. Build your company around them like you want to. And either it works or it fails. But don't do this like, oh, like toe in the water shit that they've been doing for like three years with him. It's really frustrating because it just feels that you're kind of going in circles as a viewer. It's like, okay, like, okay, he's won the title a couple times, but every reign has been, the, the few reigns have been pretty brief. It's just, I don't know. I just, it, it's kind of frustrating. He's clearly not the guy. I think that's become evident over the last I, I would say that. I mean, I think he, he's a talented performer. He's just not a baby face you can build your company around because you have a substantial portion of the audience that just is not going to let that happen. And it's not the same as Cena because no. Cena moved significant merchandise to the point where it's like, all right, yeah, you get some negative reactions of the big shows, but John Cena is clearly a difference maker financially. Yeah, well, if he went to any house shows, he got Cena was over like crazy. Mm -hmm. And Reigns is not like that. He does. The kids don't care about Reigns like they did Cena. If here's a question for you. So if you're thinking of guys to build this company around in the coming years, like how far down the totem pole does Roman Reigns rank? Because I can think of several guys that would be ahead of him. I don't know. The, The one weakness of this company right now is at the top. Yeah, I don't see like, you know, I hate if there's one thing that just sends me into just a fury. It's next Hogan, next Austin, next rock like that doesn't you can't do that inorganically. You can't. But, um, you know, as far as like the top. um, Stars in the company. eh, There's a reason they keep, you know, I don't know. It's chicken and the egg with the part timers. Why do they bring them back? Well, they kind of do such a lousy job with their full timers. But at the same time, you got to wonder, it's like, well, are the full timers just not ready for that or for Mm -hmm. that role? Like, I don't know who you can, quote unquote, build this company around right now. I don't know if there is someone. Well, yeah, if if I'm looking at the people, though, like on the roster, whether it's NXT or the main roster, that would be better choices than Roman Reigns. There's many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking Nakamura, AJ Styles. Uh, I think Rollins even is a better choice. Oh. I, I And this is a guy I'm not a huge fan of. If you've ever listened to our podcast, Ambrose is a better choice than Roman Reigns. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. Finn Balor, obviously, when he comes back, is a better choice than Roman Reigns. Uh, I think I think he's pretty far down the list, personally. Well, what do we think about the finish? It's kind of weak. Okay. Um, they had Chris Jericho come out, and they teased, and you could see where it was coming. You knew he was going to quote turn on uh, Owens when he kept like doing that. What will I do? You know, he looked at Reigns. He looked at Owens. Mm-hmm. But it so, but the ref just DQ'd Owens immediately. Yeah, for it. And I'm thinking to myself, what a flat way to do this baby face turn. But, yeah, it was pretty horrible. But it turned out to be a ruse, and that kind of made me laugh. When you know, when Owens was looking at Jericho, like, what did you just do that for? And then Jericho's like, ha ha, you retained the titles, and then they hugged. I, I kind of laughed at that point. Um, and then that led to a. A brawl uh, with Rollins coming back out, um, and you know it was Rollins and Reigns. It, I guess like are we just are they just over their past issues? I don't know, um, but they're teaming up now against Owens and Jericho, um, and then that was the end of the show. Yeah, I thought it was a flat finish. I thought uh, well immediately when Jericho came out, he gave the code breaker to Owens. So I'm thinking, all right, here we go, Royal Rumble. They're going to do the match, and then. Mm-hmm. But I think we're still with this slow build where they're kind of 
working their way up to the Jericho Owens match. I'm not sure it is going to happen at the Rumble. We'll see. No, I don't think it's going to. Um, I think it's going to be a WrestleMania match, but not for the title, mm-hmm. which is too bad because I kind of want it to be a title match. Yeah, at first I do too. I, I want. I think I, I'd like to see that be a title program. Um, I don't think it's a Mania title program, but I'd like to see it be a title match uh, on a show. Um, I could see them doing Owens and Reigns again at the Rumble because I don't think Reigns is going to win the Rumble. And, you know, they've got another bunch of others with Goldberg and John Cena in that thing. Mm-hmm. Reigns doesn't really fade. It, 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 it'd be almost overkill. No one would care. Well, they seem to be setting up a tag match with yes uh, i mean i would imagine we'll get a number of those on raw in the coming yeah weeks. i was gonna say it wouldn't be at the rumble because those guys are gonna be mm-hmm. involved in the rumble match but yeah i don't know i i do like the slow build because it's old school and we're eventually going to get the jericho owens match i also would like to see it be for the title i don't know that it's going to be it, it could be one of those things where uh jericho casa wins the title and then we get the match so mm-hmm We'll Where are happens. we at with Kevin Owens' championship run? In the sense of, like, is it going like, well? Evaluate or? it. Evaluate it. Just, like, has it been effective? Is it good? I mean, do you want it to continue? I would keep the bell on until WrestleMania. I don't think the title run, though, has been overly successful. Yeah. I Why think... Is- uh, I just don't think... I don't know. I don't. I don't think he's worked the best programs that he could. Like yes. Owens working Reigns is. It's just there's there's still force feeding Roman Reigns. Nobody cares. And the, the Owens Rollins program was really bad. Yeah, the the story there wasn't up to par. So yeah, I mean, I think I think I said it at the top where he's as the he's working against baby faces people don't want to see succeed, and that's not good when you have a heel champion. Yeah. So it just kind of makes it seem like no one get you know, I don't know. The Owens Jericho interplay has been the highlight of the title reign. Oh yeah. But and that, his his and Owens backstage promos with whichever interviewer is doing the uh questioning. But the matches themselves on pay-per-view have not been great. I really, really think they erred with not doing him and Sami Zayn at Hell in the Cell. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I think that, they've aired with Sami Zayn entirely since he's come back from his injury. Yeah, I mean, I really think that Owens winning the title and, and Zayn having that win over him earlier in the year, they really could have gotten some mileage out of that, but they just kind of blew it off real quick on a Raw. That was a mistake. Yeah. So the way the show ended was um, Rollins came out, Rollins and Reigns teamed up on Jericho and and uh, Owens, they gave uh, like the old shield powerbomb spot through the announce table. They did that to Jericho right at ringside. Then they went up to the top of the ramp and uh, Owens was walking off. They went up there, grabbed him, put him through the announce table at the top of the ramp where Michael Cole and the rest of the main crew were sitting. And that's how the show ended. So I don't know. It was a good show overall. I, I'd give the show a B on the A through F sale uh, scale, but it was uh, some right. good matches, two really good matches, I think, kind yeah, of. The, the bar is lower for these shows. I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, all the wrestling you've watched through the years, I mean, still, I guess we could still call them pay-per-views or whatever, WWE Network specials, whatever. I mean, the for these brand-only shows, now that we're getting on the network, I mean, the bar's really, like, got to be its all-time lowest when it comes to evaluating a major show, right? Yeah. I, th- I thought this was nowhere near as good as TLC, though. I thought TLC was a better show. Yes, I would agree with that. And I thought throughout the, throughout the broadcast, I was thinking to myself, I wish was, this was a SmackDown pay-per-view, and I wish AJ Styles was coming through the curtain. So Yes, uh, you know, that's another thing for Owen to knock against him. I think AJ Styles has been better in his role. Yeah. Although his booking hasn't necessarily been any better. Mm-hmm. Well, that's for AJ sure. Delivers in the AJ is just always the gear, guaranteed to deliver a little bit more in the ring. Yeah. So this was our last pay per view show of 2016. So we got the Royal Rumble on January 29th. So just over a month from now. Yeah, um, actually, there's not going to be as many pay per views uh, the first four months of the year. That's right. Or just one a month. We've got 
what Royal Rumble, then we got two brand only pay per views, and then uh, WrestleMania, Denver. Fast Lane, yep. and uh, WrestleMania, yeah. Which you will be at, Kyle, so you'll be able to give us a live perspective. Yes. Yes, I'm oh. looking forward to that very much. Going to be at Stay. Raw the night after, I know. So, yeah. <laughs> if only I could get down there to Florida, we could do a live broadcast in the same room, Kyle. Wow. There we go. <laughs> I'll see how that goes over with the wife. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I'm, uh, I am I love the Royal Rumble. So, And I, I would say that right now, they're in the longest cold streak the Royal Rumble has ever seen in its history. There hasn't been a good rumble in years. Oh, God. That's true. It's been a while. Like, it had used some to furious crowds like, in recent history. Yeah, I mean, it's been... I, I, some people liked last year's. I thought last year sucked. Eh, sucked is a hard word. I just thought that the story they told was not good. Unless if the story they wanted to tell is we are killing any and all momentum Roman Reigns had coming into this show. <laughs> And completely babyface in Triple H. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. My favorite Rumbles of all time are 04 and 92, so. Yes, I would say most two are the 07 and 08 would be my three and four. Yeah. Oh, 07 had the best closing sequence ever with Michael's Taker, and then 08 had the best surprise with Cena. Yeah, well, we'll see what they got on tap. Um, Raw tomorrow night should be interesting. We should get some clues as far as uh, where they're going, maybe in the, the coming weeks. So, uh, yeah. check that out. So, uh, with that being said, I think we're going to sign off for the night. So, thank you guys all for joining us for the Top Rope Nation live broadcast looking at Roadblock tonight. Um, you can check all our shows out on topropepress.com. Go on to iTunes, search Top Rope Nation click that subscribe button leave us a rating that would help out the show we appreciate it It takes a couple seconds of your time and uh, we will be back at you later this week with uh, another podcast so until then we will catch you next time thanks see you For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the Pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.